Welcome to FirstMen.Church, your on-demand worship community, ready for you whenever and wherever you are. If you'd like to tune in to the full worship experience, find our services on our website, FirstMen.Church, and connect with us to get plugged into our community. And now, our pastor, Ethan Lumen. Where in your body do you feel your emotions? I was studying to be a pastor at seminary, and one of my professors, who was also a counselor, sat down with me, and we were talking, and he asked me this question during one of the times where we got together. He said, where in your body do you feel your overwhelm, your stress? And I never thought about that before, your, your emotions being located in your body. I said, you know, um, in my shoulders, in my back, like, almost like I'm carrying that burden there. And it, it helped kind of open up my mind to, to say, you know, our emotions aren't just in our head and our mind. Our emotions find their way into our bones and muscles and bodies. And everything we do, right, is in our body. When we feel anger, we might clench our fists. And, and when we feel that delight and joy, we feel it in our face as our as our smile opens up, or our, our excitement we might feel in our legs as we get ready to run or jump or, or, or scream and shout. Everything we do is in our body, and even in our digital world, right? It's kind of funny as I talk about a, a body, this message being communicated through the internet. Uh, we're not in the same room, we're not in the same physical space, but but yet think about all the different bodies that go into making this communication possible. First of my body, uh, communicating in, and then the, the bodies that prepare this, uh, this, uh, this service, and then the people who make sure the internet works to get it to your place, and, and, and uh, the people that make those computers to, to make it happen. Everything we do, no matter how emotional, emotive, or, or mental, or digital it seems to be, everything happens in our body. That's because the body is at the center of our lives. It's our space. It's the only place we can call our own. Uh, the, the body is the center of our human experience. It's the place where we more or less uh, have authority, where we might say have, we, we have dominion or, or control over what happens. But the body also limits us. Right? We, can't, we can't escape the limitations that we experience. Right? Our minds can go anywhere. We can think and feel almost anything but not so with our bodies. But the body is not meant merely for physical existence. The body has been created by God for a spiritual life. Our world, we, we have this idea, though, that, uh, that it's only about the physical. It's only about what exists in this space. But what ends up happening is we destroy our lives. At 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul, uh, he quotes... Um, Epicurean or hedonistic philosophy. When he says, body for the food, food for the body, God's going to destroy them both. Um, what he's trying to say there is that when we focus on only the physical, it's ultimately going to end up with just our destruction. We've made it so that the physical life, our, our bodies, it's all about just consuming. We have so much at our disposal. Um, we can go and, and find out whatever we want at the grocery store, buy whatever clothes we want 
on the internet, and, and uh, so much of our lives have been hardwired around this idea of consumption. And it's not a new idea. Like I said, Paul, 2,000 years ago, was quoting these people from 300 B.C., who said the sole purpose and aim of life should be pleasure, being able to satisfy your pleasures. Well, it sounds about the same <laughs> as today. It was called hedonism, but, but at its very core, it's, it's such a sad existence because ultimately what, what this kind of a, a philosophy or, or worldview says is that what's going to happen is our lives are going to end up being destroyed. Our lives are just going to be consumed by death, so you better get as much consumption in before you head that way. It says that there's nothing permanent. Ultimately, that life of pleasure leads to a ruler that we don't like and we can't escape. If life is only consuming, we will be consumed. Paul says it's not about that. Yes, the Lord will destroy food and body, but he says the body is meant for the Lord because the Lord has raised up Jesus and has raised us up as well. He's saying that we have more than a physical existence. Paul is saying we have a spiritual existence too and that the, that the physical body is actually meant for a spiritual life. If the body is meant for resurrection, then we will be renewed. He goes on to say, you know, if life is only to consume, it will consume us. But he says the body is not for porneia. This Greek word porneia kind of captures the sexual immorality that existed and was rampant back in those times. But we might, we might summarize it to say more than just um, sexual immorality, but, but that kind of desire that seeks only to consume things. What makes sexual immorality the, is the worst or maybe the maybe the the biggest or the one that encapsulated, encapsulates it all is that um, sexual immorality, we even start to use our own body or the bodies of others for the sake of merely consuming, consumption, gratification, satisfying those desires that we have within us. And it represents the idolatry of the body, of our physical existence. The body is for the Lord, Paul says, and the Lord is for the body. Now, it's important to note that the body is not inherently evil, right? The body uh, was created by God. Genesis chapter 1, from the very beginning, God said, it is good, right? He, he made the body out of dust of the earth, and he breathed his life into it, uh, which we'll talk about soul in our next sermon. But uh, but he's, he created people and he said, it is good. These bodies are made in the image of God. It is good. People today, you, know, you might not say that the body is bad, but the limitations that, that we experience, I think people are trying to escape the limitations of the body. Whether it's by building an online life, trying to escape into a, a virtual reality, or maybe it's physical handicaps or, uh, or, or gender or, or norms or whatever it is. People are trying to escape the limitations that our bodies present. The body is not inherently evil. All these limitations that we experience, 
if we're not anchored in the fact that these bodies, no matter how imperfect they might feel to us, if we're not anchored in the fact that God has made them for his purposes, well, all these things are going to be just things we need to try to escape and get rid of or eliminate from our lives or change about our bodies. But when we start with the, with the foundation that, that Jesus Christ has redeemed the body, that God the Father created, and that the Holy Spirit is, is looking to dwell within, well, that completely changes our approach to how to deal with the imperfections of our body. Basically, there's no place for body hatred as Christians. Now, we might be able to say that the world has rightly pointed out a problem. People have body image issues, right? Um, love the skin you're in, or, you know, these kind of sayings. But ultimately, they've only half-diagnosed the problem. You know, people uh, hate their bodies, but they hate their bodies only because the world has told them that their bodies are consumable goods. Things you might need to change to make yourself feel better. There's no room for the spirit in our world. And if you don't like something, you just get rid of it. They've only half diagnosed the problem because if there's no room for spirit in the body, there's no room for a healthy body image without a spirit. Without knowing that the body that you have was created by God was given glory, the image of God, by God himself. There's no place for body hatred in the life of the Christian. And, and Paul goes on further in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, um, he said, Jesus came in the flesh, right? Jesus came in the flesh to make you a member of his body. Well, that's, that's pretty profound. Like, God doesn't despise bodies or flesh. In fact, he loves our bodies, our flesh so much that Jesus came into the world as a person in a body. And when he came, he experienced the full range of life. He wept tears and he felt them run down his face as he mourned the loss of life of his friends. He felt anger and rage and was flipping over temple tables. He felt joy with his friends. Jesus lived a bodily life so that he could die the death for us. He could take our place on the cross. He could redeem our bodies and, and set them on a new path. Not a path of consumption and death, but a path of resurrection and life and renewal. We need to see our bodies through God's eyes. And Jesus died to redeem your body. Just take a second and look at your hands. Look, look in the mirror and, and see a person who God has given his life to save. See a person who God has eternity in store for. Jesus has been raised from the dead and the promise is that we will be too. There's no place for things like addictions and and body image, eating disorders, all these things. The problem is we get so caught up in, in the pain of the world, which has no place for, for the Holy Spirit in the midst of our bodies, that we get sucked into believing the lies. The lies that these things are just meant to be consumed. 
that we're just meant to consume others. God has glory in store for these bodies. Now, when it says in the scriptures, here it says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a holy place meant for God to dwell in. I don't think, think Paul is trying to say we all need to become bodybuilders or, or uh, experts in, in health and all this kind of stuff. Because that obsession can be just as detrimental, right? That, that obsession with, with physical health can actually lead us down this same road of, of consumption. Our body's just a, a tool. or you know, Your body is a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You need to care for your body because it's not about control, but stewardship. It's not about... Uh, Exercising dominion and authority, but living in the authority of God, starting first and foremost with the body that you've been given. Right? So Paul says in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but, but when we live a life of consumption and gratification, especially in the sexual realm, we're inviting in such, such darkness into our very bodies. We're, we're, in, we're inviting in a spirit of consumption which will just lead us to be consumed by all sorts of nasty things. Flee from sexual immorality. We don't exercise our will through our body, but we steward our bodies and we live our lives by God's will. And right now there's, there's this saying, my body, my choice. And, and there's a number of kind of thoughts about that out there. But I've heard a response to that is like, hey, um, it may be your body, but, but um, you got to be careful how you live. You don't always have a choice on how you need to protect or care for other people's in your life. So it might be your body, but, but it's not always your choice. I would argue that it's not our bodies. So we need to make our choice accordingly. And just take a second and think with me. Did you get to pick your genetic makeup? Did you get to pick your parents? No, no, we were woven together in our mother's wombs. And we had a, a woman take care of us for nine months. And then we were born into a family and, and we had parents or guardians that, that nurtured us and took care of us and for years that we don't even remember. And until we were finally able to be on our own for a little portion of time, we have this window of, of self-reliance. But even now, just think, how are you getting your electricity? How are you getting your water? Are you growing all your own food? Pre uh, props to you, the one prepper watching this video. Uh, but, but so many of us, we're, we're, are, we're dependent on, on so many others for this life that we have. You are not your own. And, and let's even take it further than just the physical realm. We have a God watching over us every single day, protecting us from things that we don't even know could happen and providing those things that we need on a daily basis. We have a God who's given his life to purchase us back from death. You're not your own. You are God's. God has built you. God has redeemed you. God has chosen to dwell within you. You are his. So make your choices accordingly, right? Sexual immorality, uh, consumption, self-gratification, a life pursuing merely pleasure in these bodies, or a life where we're turning our lives over to God. We glorify God in our bodies. 
1 John 1, it, it talks about how we can actually know what a true Christian looks like. What he says, he says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Anything opposed to Christ, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world. The, the religion and, and the faith and the worldview that's most directly opposed to Christianity is one that has no place for God in the body, in the flesh. And not only God in the flesh of Christ, but in our flesh. So we are the people who turn our bodies over to Christ to be renewed. Right? If, if our body is meant for resurrection, then renewal will come. How does that look then? Well, I think the first thing for us to do is release our bodies to God. It takes some time, maybe right now or, or sometime today, and just sit or, or lie down on the ground and, and consciously turn over every part of your body to the Lord. Your, your, your eyes, your hands, your, your legs, and, and think about all the things that your body does and, and release, that, release that to the Lord. We release our bodies to God. And the second thing is we don't idolize our bodies any longer. Right? We're, we're not God on our own. Our pleasures are, are not our God. Only God is God. So we don't idolize our body, but we actually we hold our body in proper perspective. Whether you're punishing your body for some imperfections that you feel, right? I'm not good enough, so I got to do this. Uh, or, or I'm so much better than everyone else so I can glorify myself, right? The, the Christian way, it, it actually expels that, that self-punishment that might come uh, as you think about uh, maybe uh, eating disorders or, or uh, things like that or, or the glorification that can come from, from thinking our bodies are, you know, the end-all, be-all. We don't idolize our body anymore. And the third is we don't misuse our body. You know, sexuality is one of those things that the Christian worldview should be so much different than the world. And that's, that's what happened in the first century, in the second century. You know, the world was messed up in so many ways. But Christians just lived a positive ethic of one man, one woman for life. They followed God's word on that. They didn't, they didn't misuse their bodies in search of that sexual gratification. They changed cultures because of it. But, it, but it's not just the sexual realm. It's, it's um, how you might use your body to oppress others. Maybe, maybe you try to impose yourself on other people in your life and, and try to you know, use your physical presence uh, to, to intimidate or, or anger or frustrate people. Right? We don't misuse our body that way. And a third is we don't overwork it. Pro productivity becomes <laughs> such an idol and a god in our world today. We don't misuse our bodies by allowing God to, to use our work in an appropriate way. We don't overwork ourselves. And lastly, how we can glorify God in our bodies is by properly glorifying or honoring and caring for the bodies which God has given us. Our bodies are a blessing from the Lord. No matter how imperfect you might feel your body is, it's a blessing from God. So take care of it. Start with rest. Are you actually trusting God enough to take time off to rest, getting enough sleep, 
focusing on your relationship and your time with him and orient your, orienting ourselves properly, it helps us not rely on substances, right? All the energy drinks or, or coffee that we might need or we feel like, oh, I, I just need uh, this, this extra sugar in my day to, to give me that extra jolt. No, as we rest properly, we're actually able to orient ourselves, our bodies properly in the world. And lastly, we see the beauty and the health and the strength of our body in light of God's love and power. You've been made good. You've been made beautiful, and if you can't see it, you're not looking through God's eyes. If you can't see it, you're not looking through the eyes of Jesus who, who found you to be so worthwhile, so beautiful and lovely, so strong and capable, capable that he gave his life for you to redeem you, to, to restore you, and to, to set you on a path not of death, but of life forever in the body, resurrection. If your body is made for consuming, it will be consumed. But if these bodies of ours are made for resurrection, Jesus will renew them. So let me ask you, where in your body are you beginning to feel the resurrection? the renewal of our God. Lean in to the renewal of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to FirstMen.Church. Connect with us whenever and wherever you are. Just search FirstMen.Church on all your social platforms or head to our website, FirstMen.Church, for more ways to connect and serve. Thanks and catch you next time.